0: Welcome to the Finding Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Liz McComish. Just like a seed holds all the knowledge it needs to grow into the plant it was destined to be, I believe you hold all the wisdom within you to create the most amazing life. Join me and my special guests as we explore the path back into your innate wisdom and teach you how to harness it. This is your life. To live your way. Welcome. I have one of my favorite people on today and also a colleague who I have a lot of respect and admiration for. This is Holly Loxon. Welcome, Holly. Hello. It's so nice to see your beautiful face. <laughs> yeah, you do. So I'll give everyone a bit of background. Holly and I have um, studied integrated trauma therapy together some time ago now. And when I first met Holly, I was like, hmm, this woman's really got something going on. And I really connected to you very deeply. And I think you're an amazing practitioner and you're very in your integrity. And um, we kind of, after that point in time, we've really gone on our own path in the way that we specialise and, and what we're doing with our tra- trauma work and our therapeutic work in the fields that we're in. But specifically, I want to talk to you about your work with psilocybin. Yes. Yes. Now, Holly is well-trained as a guide in psilocybin and um, she has trained with masters around the globe and it's a particularly interesting time for us because psilocybin is coming to the fore in in terms of the way that it's used therapeutically like and I know historically it's been used for centuries however it's coming into more into the clinical setting right now uh so I thought it would be a great time to talk to you about what I guess the journey right it's all about the journey isn't it Holly?
1: (laughs) It's a journey Liz. (laughs)
0: so Holly I guess like maybe you could give us a bit of a background about like what kind of led you to there what inspired you about um, the use of psilocybin and it's the way that it can work with us in terms of trauma
1: okay so a little bit of background on me I started out as a hypnotherapist and a coach uh, like a mindset coach in uh, 2017 I think it was and I I really started that business as a result of my own very traumatic issues. I'd been on a spiritual and a healing path for a really long time, probably since I was about, I think I first started reading my first personal development books when I was about 20. And then I really started delving deep into it when I was about 21, 22 and started going down the rabbit hole of healing and everything. And I was trying everything to help myself. I knew that there was something wrong, but I just didn't know, like, I was just, I just didn't know how to fix it. So I went through every healing modality I think you could possibly go through, but nothing really worked. I did kinesiology. I I did kinesiology straight for like two years, pretty much weekly, and just didn't get, the results that I wanted. And it wasn't just with one practitioner. It was with other people. I did Reiki. I did hypnotherapy. I did, um, got a whole bunch of other, like I just saw practitioners all the time, everywhere. And I made some small wins. I had some small wins with it, but it wasn't until I had to really dig myself out of a very deep hole after losing everything in 2016, my family and I lost everything. I lost my house, figured out my husband was a con artist who was only with me for the money <laughs> and wow. the lifestyle. um so I dumped him too and then went I, I had nothing nothing left my family's going through crisis and basically I was in the position of I'm I'm gonna top myself here if I don't do something uh, and that's how close, come, how close did you come to that Holly Oh, I've been really, really close. Yeah, really close to that. A number of times. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's not a fun space to be in. So if anyone's going through that sort of thing and then you you have my my heart, and I can honestly tell you that if you really apply yourself, it does get better. It does get easier. Psychedelics is one of the ways that we do that. Um, I The way that I use psychedelics, it's like, The the trauma therapy that I normally do with people on steroids, it's, it is like doing three, four, five years of trauma therapy in, in four hours, Mm. um, plus a whole bunch of other really amazing stuff that we'll get into, but through my own journey and doing like some really, really, really deep mindset work on myself. I pulled myself out of a hole, like a really deep hole. And then I went and got some more formal study in hypnotherapy and RTT, which is another stop form of hypnotherapy and really applied myself to that. And it did get me a certain portion of the way. Absolutely. did. Mm -hmm. Learning how to control my conscious thoughts was a really important part of the process. My, my inner dialogue to myself was atrocious. Um, so, yeah, really harnessing that and learning how to use my thoughts in a more positive manner. However, when we're dealing with really deep trauma in, at an unconscious level that I know now, which is connected to the body, just positive thinking your way, like you, you can't think your way out of some of this stuff.
0: No, um, especially because it's been embedded over many, many years and often we don't even have a conscious connection to to no. what's going on some experiences no. we do some some things we can go yes i had a car crash or yes that relationship break it breakdown happened or yes that happened but some things come from a place that we have we don't even have memory for we don't have conscious recall for so the positive thinking part of it just can't actually undo all of that and
1: then we've got you know if you it, that's even without speaking about ancestral trauma and family patterns and all of that sort of stuff that you, that is uh, affecting you so I uh, went on a deep dive into the mindset and all that sort of stuff. And then getting more into spirituality, I found one of my amazing mentors, Marcy. She um, invited me for a VIP weekend. And we did. that's when I did psilocybin for the first time. That was on my 33rd birthday which was just an incredible, incredible day. And I felt for the first time what it was actually like to have love and reverence for myself. Because I thought that I knew what self-love was because I was doing all of the things, right? I was doing the self-care. I was doing this other stuff. I was going through the motions of what it would be like if I was a self-loving person. Mm -hmm. But... I had never, through my own trauma, my winning, all of that stuff, I'd never had a reference point for what it felt like to actually be really okay with myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think um, in the, you know, very much in kind of like the, the therapeutic world, there's a formula for how we do have self-care and how we do have self-love. But self-love is not a formula. Self-love is a place inside us. That is, well, it's deeply vulnerable, but it's also a place that we melt into, that we surrender into when we can actually touch it and we can experience it. And it it gets very confused with all these things, all these formulaic ways of looking at, oh, what is self love? Well, I have to get up in the morning and do this, or I have to meditate every day, or I have to go to my therapist, or I have to do X, Y, Z, and that's all like doing it. You're doing it, but you're not actually going into the space where self love is because. We all have that inside us. We have yeah. that place.
1: It is a really interesting concept because it's it's a feeling. It's an experience. It's not really something you can think your way into. You know, you can do all of the positive affirmations in the world around loving yourself, but that's not, like you said, it's not where that lives. It's not in your conscious mind really. It's, mm. a, it's, an, it's a feeling. So I got my reference point for what it was like to love myself in that moment and also be really connected to the world around me and to God, to, you know, whatever you want to call it, God, creator, universe, you know, if they're all interchangeable terms. But I remember one point in that ceremony where I was standing in the pool and I was looking out at this beautiful forest and the forest suddenly i was then looking back at myself from the forest as well so i just merged into this oneness with everything that was just so incredible like myself as holly really disappeared and i just was able to be like oh okay so this is what that is it's a it's more of a reverence
0: for myself yeah. so would around- you say that all the all the um, the kind of egoic ways that or the, the ego creations that are around us or even to go deeper than that even all the ancestral patterning that we brought through plus everything we built up in this lifetime kind of dissolves away in that moment so we can experience ourselves without all the stuff that we're carrying
1: yeah absolutely it gives you that reference point in that space
0: 100% yeah or at
1: least that it did for me it's not the same for everyone the medicine will give you whatever it's not necessarily what you want but it gives you what you need at the time so everyone's yep. every single journey is different and every single uh person is different depends on what they're working through at a similar time I was also doing a lot of somatic trauma work as well and then I went on to train I can't remember when we trained was it 2019 I think so maybe 2018
0: yeah Somewhere yeah, around some, there. Sometime. Some, somewhere back there, yeah.
1: Somewhere around there. <laughs> and so I, what, what really happened for me was I realised that you can't just do the spiritual work or the mental work. You have to do the body work as well. If your body is holding on to stuff and if the body is holding on to memories, we can certainly take up massive chunks of trauma with psychedelics. But it's the the people that I have had the best experiences with on psychedelics are the people that have done the groundwork with their nervous system and their trauma work first. So they've really prepared themselves and then we can go so much deeper. Like yourself, when we did your session, we went so deep but we also, you know, you were able to open up and have access to so much more than the average person because you've done so much work on yourself from a, from yeah, a, yeah. perspective. it's almost yeah. like all of that shit was already cleared out beforehand. And so the, the gold that you got was just, you know, absolutely incredible insofar as like, you know, connecting with uh, other beings and, and getting that, those real amazing spiritual downloads and that sort Yeah. Of it was, it was yeah, incredible. it was amazing. I
0: mean, I found it like a total, a total game changer. And like you say, like connecting into that part of yourself where there is that pure reverence and a love that it's really, it, it's really hard to to describe that love because it's a I don't know. I don't even know if if love works for that particular how that what that feeling is that when you're so in connection with yourself and, and life itself and where everything all of a sudden feels like it's totally meant to be and everything is perfect in that moment, it's incredible. Like the fight goes because so much of our... so so many of our issues are spent like fighting what we think might be or we think should have been or what might happen in the next moment or what that person might say and and our fears come up and so on so to fall into that space where it's like ah i can just be is is phenomenally healing actually and and you're right it becomes a reference point that every time you know, for myself, if I start to go on that pathway of going, oh, life and stress and blah 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 blah, I can go back to that reference point of, I know that's in me, because you can't experience something that's not in you. So I know that's in me. I know that's me, 100%. and everything else is part of me, but that's me as well, and I can come back to that at any stage.
1: The the really interesting part, probably my favorite part, and I would say so many of the ceremonies that I do, we get, you know, people come in, they're stressing about all of this stuff and they've got stuff to work through. And then they hit this realization point where they're like, Why the fuck was I stressing about that? It does yeah. it just doesn't <laughs> paramatter Like what the why was I yeah. stressing? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah yeah and yeah. <laughs> and it's like this great cosmic joke of like you know you're already whole you're already complete you're already an aspect of the divine like what are you worried about stop it
0: <laughs> i can live at one stage grabbing you and going holly i'm just life experiencing itself that's <laughs> what i am and you're like giggling and i was giggling and you're like yeah i know it this is all so cool, and in that moment, everything that's happened feels like, oh gosh, you know, it just it feels okay. You know, it feels like yeah, it's been part of the process of life experiencing itself. And you know, I've had a lot of trauma, like heaps of it. So I'm not being flippant about what I'm saying. And it it, it was like this turning point for me to go, ah, oh, all of that can be part of me and 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 be part of the the reference of my my life and my journey to date and as i move forward it is a deep and overarching sense of
1: peace most of the time and that's not to say you're not going to go back into life and experience things that bother you again of course you will because life's mm. you know it's messy it's difficult at times there are stressful things
0: life can be bothersome
1: yes <laughs> it <still> can <laughs> <laughs> But those those real deeper things that we were worried about, things like, you know, am I okay? Will anyone love me? The, the All of the ways that we search for this love outside of ourselves because we don't, we can't feel it inside. Mm. Once we get that reference point to go, oh, oh, my God, all that love that I desperately was seeking from other people or other things or material things, or whatever, it's actually been here the whole fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> I've been looking everywhere for it. It's like um looking for your phone when you're
0: on it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Looking for your sunglasses or looking for your glasses yeah. when they're yeah.
0: on your head. <laughs> you're like, "Ah." <laughs> there. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know the other thing that I remember from mine is that um you know i was going because i'd i'd read so much about it beforehand and i'd watched things about it and listened to podcasts and so on and and i because i'd taken on what other people had experienced when i came into mine i was like just i was waiting for something to come out that was that was scary and i remember at one point i said to you there's nothing scary in here and you were like you mean you're looking for the bad stuff <laughs> Went, that's a really like dumb game, isn't it? And I went, yes, it is. It's a really shit game. And I realized in that moment that my psyche had been set up to actually look for bad stuff to come around the corner because of previous trauma that I've had. But in that moment when I saw that, I've taken that into my life since and gone, I can pick myself up on it anytime that's happening now in my life. I can go, oh, I'm. I'm actually looking out for the bad thing to come and potentially it's not going to and if it does I know that I can handle it now. Well that's our survival brain, you know,
1: we're we're in this constant battle with our survival brain because our survival brain wants to keep us safe but our you know it's it's usually at war with all of these amazing things that we want to do in the world, all of the the ways that we want to live our lives and serve others and serve ourselves that require us to step outside of our comfort zones or try new things or take a risk in some way. And the survival brain just goes, uh, 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 danger. Yeah. <laughs> mm. but one of the beautiful parts of working with medicine uh, and not just mushrooms, but all the other medicines as well, that I don't work with them personally, but I've had a lot of plant medicine <laughs> yeah. is that connection to spirit, to God? universe and just feeling so held
0: mm. in everything that you're
1: doing and I swear that is the only reason I've been able to take the risks one of the reasons why I've been able to take the risks in my business in my life that I have been able to that's led to some good success it is yeah but as as far as like dealing with things like anxiety and depression and all that sort of stuff they are brilliant but it's not without work. So whatever you're dealing with in your everyday life is going to come up for processing in medicine work. So if you're if you're dealing with anxiety if that's top of the list of, of what you're dealing with, you're going to have to face off with that in medicine work. I had a client um, and she was experiencing extreme anxiety from some really bad trauma that she had around her father dying and everything, and that was what came up in her ceremony to be processed, and it was incredibly yeah. difficult for her. But once, like one thing that the mushrooms will do, they will take you to the space where you actually get to choose with your willpower. It's a cultivation of willpower. This is how people have bad trips because they, they don't have someone there guiding them on how to make that choice in that space. Because once you can really choose, it's like to, to tell someone that has severe anxiety, oh, just just choose differently is a horrific thing to say to them because they can't in that stage. But when we take no. them into the medicine work and we take them to that space and we really dig in and we look at it and we pull it apart and we go, okay, let's get really curious on this, your body is, is having this huge reaction with anxiety you, you're out of control if, if control issues are one of the the best things to deal with with psilocybin because you're not in control mm. and it's in that moment that you learn to be okay and to actually be the eye of the storm in that and to surrender at an even deeper level because once you surrender to it it's gone.
0: And I bet in that in that point as well that it becomes so clear that the anxiety is actually the fight yeah again going with the flow that's where the anxiety all comes from right so in when you're working with the medicine that when you finally go when when the fear comes up comes up and you're holding 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 you finally just let go and go into it then it starts to dissipate
1: absolutely and the strength of willpower and the ability to control her thought patterns and her nervous system after that were amazing and yeah then she did a second ceremony with me a couple of months later or three months later or something and had a completely different experience same dose completely different experience because we had healed a lot of what had come up in the first session
0: yeah yeah yeah. she go deeper it. into more stuff that came that came up for her right I I'd love to touch on um not touch on it but actually delve into the guide side of it because as you know mushrooms are becoming more and more popular, I think it's really important for people to understand that it is a medicine. So you want to be if you you know if you're if you're taking a therapeutic dose of it, you want to be with someone who knows what they're doing, who is trauma informed and can properly guide you through it. Because I hear people having terrible experiences because they take a dose by themselves and then go into some kind of paranoid state. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking of it, please, like, you need to be with someone who actually knows how to do this and is properly trauma-informed.
1: I think trauma-informed in this particular instance is a necessity, even like... People could say that it is like a bonus, but I actually think it's a necessity. You have to be able to watch what's going on in someone's body and and help them move the energy through that's coming out as a result of them because they're facing off with their deepest, darkest parts. You've got to be able to really help them work through that. Mm. It's a really important part of the process. And you've got to be with someone that can really talk you through as well what's coming up for you because if the brain starts – Looping on a particular problem and it doesn't have an answer. It's just going to keep going on that loop. So that's where I come in and I'm always asking people, "What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? What's coming up for you?" And they'll tell me, and I'll give them a new perception shift. Like I said, it's it's exactly what I do in a, a normal therapy session or any of the other coaching work that I do with people. We give them new perception shifts and new ways to look at things,
0: mm. but it hits
1: so much deeper with people that are on medicine. The neural yeah. pathways are so much more open and flexible and they could start really seeing the truth of the situation rather than what their fear
0: mind or their, their ego mind is trying to tell them about it. And he's like, I guess the crux of it too. Like if the neural pathways are so much more open and flexible, that that is the the point where incredible healing work can happen or a lot of damage can happen if you're not in the right hands. I've heard
1: some horror stories definitely about people that have had terrible experiences with people that don't know how to help them in that moment. Um, One person, you know, I think she was given like eight grams of mushrooms, which I think is a ridiculous amount of uh, medicine to give anyone in that setting and she said you know i really don't feel safe and the practitioner was like oh that's that's your problem you know that's it's because wow. you really feel safe. it's like no you've actually as a practitioner or as a you know a guide you've really got to help someone feel really safe so that they can process that other deep stuff it's really important because otherwise mm. they're just going to a fear loop and then
0: it's going to be a terrible experience mm. yeah that you can't just check out of either
1: in He's going to be there that, for a while. In, in saying that, though, yeah. and this is why the, the guidance is really important. Some of the most challenging psychedelic experiences are the most transformational. Because when you go into that space and you really work through things at that deeper level, it's like, oh, fuck, I can do anything. That was the yeah. hardest experience of my life. I can do anything after that. And it gives you that resilience and that ability to just go and, you know, like everything that was hard in your life after that just looks like a walk in the park.
0: Yeah, but you've literally like you've actually reshuffled things and so you have a new pathway out, don't you, when you come out of that. it's like Because you're, you're only facing things that are already inside you. Yeah. that are coming out to be process. It's not like something else comes inside you or it's the mushrooms doing it. It's like you're literally putting a magnifying glass on the things that already live within you. The way that I work with them, yes.
1: I know people work with them in all different ways, but the way that I use them, yes, we're, we're in there to deal with whatever we need to deal with.
0: Not, it's a very internal journey. So what are the ways that some other people work with them then?
1: Um, there's lots of other people that work with them in a more spiritual sense and getting you connected to, you know, the oneness of everything, like I was talking about before. Uh, more of a spiritual deep dive, meaning of life stuff. But the way that I work with them is that we're dealing with trauma and we're reprogramming the mind for success in whatever it is that you want to create. Yeah, but the mushrooms themselves, you know, they the, the integration is because the mushrooms will give you a reference point. They'll open the gateway for you to, you know, they take the shackles off, but you've still got to walk in your life. You've still got to apply everything
0: that you've learned in that space into your everyday existence. So tell us a bit more about that, Holly. Like what does the integration period like look like afterwards and how long is it and do you have some examples that you can share around what that might be for people.
1: Yeah. So with my private clients, we usually do a ceremony probably in the middle of, of what it is that we're doing together. It's usually three, four or five months that we're working together and we do the ceremony in the middle. So we've got a very long integration period in the past. I've done, um, five week intensives where we've done two sessions, before a ceremony, then we go into the deep dive, and then we do two integration sessions over the next sort of month after that, so that I am confident that they're integrating everything that they've learned into their lives. Also, too, like the mushrooms are going to give you the lessons as well. Whatever your whatever your, it's much like a an expedited form of manifestation. Whenever you want to manifest something new, and I do a lot of work in the manifestation space because it's so synonymous with healing. But if you've put in some really big goals, if you're like, yeah, cool, I want to have this amazing uh, business or relationship or health or whatever, and you then go into a psilocybin journey, the mushrooms will then show you all of the things in the the coming weeks after that, it will show you all of the things that you need to change in your life. So shit can break down. Relationships can break down businesses can need may need to be rejigged it's like you've got to prepare yourself for all of the stuff that actually gets to be changed after that because you've changed I know
0: even in the lead up as well like things can get really hairy so I remember the lead up to my ceremony was like everything everything started to fall apart like all my IT wasn't working anymore (laughs) and we discussed it at that time and it was like oh yes things are starting to show themselves as to where I need to do my work
1: Yeah, it and for sure illegal. that's
0: what came up and then afterwards that also played out as well. We call it the churn. The churn. <laughs> the
1: churn beforehand, like the couple of weeks beforehand and you start seeing everything in your life. I had it before I went to Colombia as well last year to do ayahuasca. The churn was savage about two yeah, weeks yeah. out <laughs> shit just started falling apart and I was like oh I know what this is but this is intense
0: so you like oh my god like the, the week or two weeks beforehand I better just not have anything too much going on in my life because it might all go belly
1: up well that's that's actually best preparation practice is for the two weeks or three weeks or even up to a month beforehand you want to dial in your nutrition you want to make everything as less as least stressful amount as possible you want to do a lot of introspection and a lot of like nervous system regulation work so that you get the most out of your experience and that's with every psychedelic adventure that you want to go on I really don't I do not know or agree with people using mushrooms as a recreational tool I tried one time to do psychedelics recreationally and I got bitch slapped by them and it was a very clear message from the medicine itself that is like, no, this is, you were using this for healing with people. You are yeah. only to use this for healing.
0: Let, let's, let's go down that a little bit, actually, because the medicine does really, really speak to you. Like we've talked about how um, in the lead up and, and afterwards, I mean, afterwards, might seem sort of more logical that if you've been through this particular experience, then afterwards you're going to have things that show up in your life. But beforehand, the fact that it speaks to you beforehand leads us into the power of plant medicine and the spirit that lives in plant medicine. So it's not just a recreational thing that we pop to have a good time. Like there's something that's much bigger that's going on, to us, on for us, if we can commit to a plant medicine experience and it starts to speak to us in the month before that, that's, that's phenomenal.
1: It, they, it has a consciousness and each flavour of psychedelic has a different flavour of consciousness. The mushrooms are very, very different to ayahuasca in my experience. And different again to five MEO DMT, which is the toad medicine. And Cambo again, which is not necessarily a psychedelic, but it's a deep internal journey and in a very that that is a very smart, smart medicine. It's a it's a deep work journey on yourself that doesn't have a particularly intense psychedelic effect, but it really takes you to the space in yourself where you're processing some deep shit. There is um yeah, there's so much beautiful consciousness in plant medicine. Yeah. And that's why that's part of the reason why um, you know, the, the tribal in, in tribal traditions and everything, they call ayahuasca grandmother. And different psychedelics have different like names like that. Because that's um, the, the flavor that the essence of what you feel in that um, in that medicine in that experience the
0: ayahuasca is the grandmother in terms of like nurturing you and holding you through certain things is that why it's called grandmother um in my experience
1: grandmother she is she is nurturing yes but she's also stern and fierce Mm. and she doesn't take any shit (laughs) she's like she's a blend of Both, but you know, again, I'm filtering it through my own reference point and like my own ego, and so it it spoke to me in a way that I would understand. I remember very specifically, like I had um, pretty bad psoriasis when I went and did ayahuasca, and I was so desperately asking for healing in the second ceremony that we did, and it just the voice came through so strongly, and she just said to me, Bitch, you created it, you heal it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you're my victims, like,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, and yeah.
1: Speaking to, me, speaking to me in a language that I understand. <laughs>
0: yeah Yeah. so
1: you know that was the that was the direction in that yeah but it came with a lot of love it came with support it was like we are here your angels your guides god itself the she was there to support me but she was like you need to do this yourself this
0: is where you get your power from healing yourself yeah, and you have the agency to do it, which is, um, that's a really empowering way of of being with it, isn't that? Yeah. Like when I did Ayahuasca, it took me on a journey into, at one stage, into seeing each of my children, God, I'll cry when I talk about this again, because it was like, it was this really special moment of being able to integrate Love and pain at the same time, right? That I could see that because I went through, you know, a pretty tricky divorce. And um, it showed me each of my children dealing with their own pain over it. And I could see each of them um, in their own time by themselves processing this and it's like it was amazing what I could see each of them in their bedrooms and and some of the pain that they went through in processing that you know because it was a massive trauma for them but at the same time the way that I was held in it was that I knew so deeply that they were each meant to have this experience and that the universe held them and they were okay and they would use this they would alchemize this experience for other things in in their lives and to have that, to be able to look at pain in that way and to feel held while I looked at the pain of what they had been through, and to also see that there was meaning behind it and love behind it was like, I mean, it was it was so transformational for me, and I don't know if I could have ever seen that before then.
1: Mm, yeah, to be able to see it from their point of view, it's just like the medicine will show you things that you you have not been able to see yourself yet
0: yeah and And in that way that grandmother way like you said of here's the truth and it's all okay Mm. it it is part of it's part of the life experience
1: yeah absolutely and I truly believe I truly believe that every single soul that comes to this planet chooses their own journey on the way in and what they're here to experience and what they're here to go through. And and some people that are listening, if they've been through really terrible things, it may be really hard to get your head around that on some level, your soul has chosen this for you. But ultimately, it is the most empowering viewpoint to take.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: If you're sitting there going, okay, from a soul level, I've chosen this. That means that I can choose something different. For myself I'm I'm choosing this on some unconscious level
0: yeah so and I then I chose do? this and then I chose this to learn from and so what how do, how do I then then use this experience to deepen my my life and to and and what am I going to do with it am, am I teaching am I working with other people am I S- simply trying to build other parts of myself in this particular lifetime. Like, what is the beauty in in this in the in, in this stuff that I have been through? And I think giving it that context is that reverence, isn't it? I will say,
1: until I blew in the face with all of the hundreds of people that I've worked through, worked with to help them get through some of really tragic trauma, there is always gifts in trauma. Yeah. Even if the only gift is your own resilience. And even if the only gift when you when you heal it, you get the gold. You get the you mm. get the gifts then. But you have to come to that space first through whatever modality. It doesn't have to be trauma healing or plant medicine. It could be whichever modality or perception shift or inner work that you've done that has allowed you to get to the space of organic forgiveness. Yeah. It has yeah. to be organic. You can't force forgiveness.
0: No, no. That's a whole other thing in itself, isn't it? That whole forgiveness. a <laughs> whole different yeah, podcast. Forgiveness is a massive thing that is not just a flippant, oh, I forgive that person. It's like forgiveness is it's a whole different thing.
1: True forgiveness at that depth is the, it's the, that letting go and that neutralisation of all shitty energy that you have towards that situation or that person or whatever. It's like, Oh, I can actually let that go. And that is, mm-hmm. you know, that's where we want to take people in trauma healing. We want to get them to the point where they've resolved all of their stuff around it. So they can actually just go, you know what? Yeah. I'm yeah. I am not bothered by this. Yeah. Anymore.
0: Yeah. And know. that's what real letting go is, right? Cause so often it's like letting go, surrendering is like, I'm just gonna chill out. I'm just gonna let that go. You know, it's like really <laughs> letting go is like letting go is like there's a pathway, think like, something can be really hard work to get there too. But it's worth it. Every step of the way is worth it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is, and this is why part of the reason why the somatic, like the body work, is so important. Because you can let go from different parts, right? So you can no. there can be a part of you that lets go from a neocortex point of view, where you're like consciously you've gone, yeah, I actually don't like I, I hold no grudge towards this person or this situation, but then the body's like, fuck you,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No, <laughs> we don't, no, we don't. i <laughs> I've don't never like that. <laughs> Yes, and you can feel like in your body's like this, or your jaw's clenched, or uh, you know, and you're all of it. Yeah, totally. Your body will always tell you. Your body is like, it's it, it's your greatest ally if you turn into it. So it will tell you everything that you need to know.
1: Absolutely, because it's connected to your unconscious. So if you want a good litmus test and, and you want a good um, reading of where you're, you're in the entirety of your being, sits on the forgiveness scale like what do you feel in your body when you think of that situation or that person Mm. like what does your body do does it tense up do you you might not even feel an emotion you might be disconnected from your emotion around it but you might get slightly sweaty or you might clench your jaw or you might do something else like that yeah
0: and I know you you would have seen just like me because we do you know because we studied similar trauma work that I've seen miraculous, miraculous is a beautiful word for it actually, miraculous and incredible things happen with people's bodies when they do the trauma work and they're like, oh my God, I don't have that thing anymore. Or that hasn't been happening to me anymore. My body's not doing that anymore. I don't feel that particular pain anymore. Or my heart doesn't feel like there's a cement block on it anymore. I've got no more heart things that are going on. It is, it's it's really, it's really beautiful.
1: Sometimes people don't, you know, much like with my reference point for self-love during my first medicine session, I didn't know that I was feeling that level. Like I didn't know that I was holding that much until it wasn't there.
0: Mm.
1: I was like, oh, that's what it feels like to have a chest completely free of anxiety. Because I'd had it for so long, I got used to it. Yeah. So it's it's a really interesting thing with that. But um, I am going to the MAPS conference in, I think, it's July. So if anyone doesn't know what the MAPS is, MAPS is a fantastic foundation in America because this stuff is legal in a lot of places over there. And MAPS is the, I can never get this right, but it's the multi- disciplinary association of psychedelic science (laughs) i think i got it right sounds pretty good
0: we'll go with that we'll run with that sounds sounds very official
1: so it's it's a huge convention for psychedelic medicine and we're going to be learning I've, i've got a practitioner pass to go over there and we're going to be learning like it's it's all of the different Psychedelics. There's going to be, I don't think we're covering 5-MeO-DMT or DMT. I'm pretty sure it is just um, mushrooms and ketamine, some other psychodrama stuff and uh, like a few other different modalities. But there's going to be lawyers, doctors, practitioners, healers from all around the globe, like thousands of us all congregating in the same spot to talk about this stuff and the future of uh, plant medicines now that it's starting to become mainstream in a clinical setting? I've got my I reservations about a clinical setting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I'm glad you've, you've gone to that place because I wanted to go there with you and um, I think it's really important. I just want to say one thing that we haven't sort of touched on is that, um, you know, there are places in the world where this is legal. And those are the places for you to go and to do this work. Number one, right? Because that that's that's really really important. Number two, make sure if you're going to do it, you're doing it with someone who's an experienced trauma informed guide. Um, and I'm sure people can kind of connect out, connect into, you, can't they, Holly, to find out where they get that, where where they find where where they do that, pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because do do make sure you're doing it you're doing it properly and you're doing it legally as well. That's that's really important. But yeah, the third thing is that it is starting to come into clinical setting. So um, I personally know, um, you know, one of my lecturers at uni um, is going to be involved in the new one that's being set up in, in Perth. So it's an it's a very interesting time, and I specifically wanted to speak to you about this today because there is such an amazing spiritual element to plant medicine, and it has come from a deep, oh, traditional background. Um, I, I don't know if you have you know a, a timeline for the number of years it's been used therapeutically in a traditional sense by shamans, masters, maestros, what?
1: Thousands of years.
0: Thousands of years, yeah, thousands of years. So it's been used in a particular way by people who are trained facilitators through through traditional means. It's very connected traditionally to Mother Earth. Um, And so clinically, in clinical settings, the way that it can work with people's brains has been recognised. And, I mean, this started back in, what, the 60s, was it? Around with Timothy Leary and um, Ram Das, who was previously known as something else, were doing a lot of um, psychedelics around then. Or maybe it was just before that when they were it was around that time anyway in the 60s where it started to become quite mainstream and then it was pushed away again, then it came back again, then it was pushed away again. But finally, it feels like it's actually coming more into, into kind of like the medicalized sense now. But I personally, and I'm not an experienced person in terms of psychedelics, like I have certainly been, been down that pathway and I've been very curious about it in terms of trauma healing, but I am not someone who is a guide. I am curious about your take on such a beautiful traditional spiritual medicine being taken into a clinical setting.
1: Set and setting is really important. I don't think I can think of anything worse than doing mushrooms in a hospital, or or in even in a in a room that is just you know, like a normal psychology room or something like that. I don't know how they're doing it. I don't, I don't know where they're doing it. But the, the from what I've seen on shows like, um, what was it, on Netflix, How to Change Your Mind, that mm. was that great show that really started getting this stuff out there. The, the people in that one, when they did the mushrooms one, they were just in like what looked like, a hospital bed that had been made slightly more comfortable with slightly more furnishings, and then they just had two psychologists there, just watching the person on the bed, very mm. far away from them as well. So, as you know, when when I'm working with people, I really I'm there. I'm moving energy around. I'm I'm really like making sure the body feels safe and all of that. These people were on the other side of the room, and. I just personally, like I, I really hope it goes well in the theory of we this whole journey that we're on on this planet as consciousness waking up to itself. I think it's coming out in ways that, you know, they have to get it into mainstream medical in order for a large uptake of people to do it because there's so many mm-hmm. people that will just classify that as woo-woo bullshit and they don't want to have anything to do with it. But when it's, you know, coming from a doctor or a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever, they're probably going to be more open to it. So I think it's going to be a good thing. My only concern is that the psychologists and the, the psychiatrists that are going to be administering it may not, people may not get the most of the experience out of it as they could. It'll still be incredibly healing for people, Mm. I believe, but There's so much more to the medicine than just that, Mm. and the preparation—you know, making sure their nervous systems can handle it, all of that sort of thing. Like, there's there's a lot to it, and I don't know if mainstream medical are prepared for that. I hope Mm. they are. I really hope. I really, really hope they are. I'll find out more about it at Maps. I'm sure yeah, so uh, I'll be coming back. We'll do part two of this podcast. I will do part two of
0: this podcast after you've been to maps because I'm really curious as to how uh, medically they're going to hold the the reference because no doubt they're going to see things in those in their clients that will also transform their practice to a degree.
1: That's the other thing that I really think what I feel is going to happen. It's going to be highly transformational for people that do it, but I think it's going to be highly transformational for the mindsets of the psychiatrists that um, have a very fixed way of viewing mental health and just want to medicate people and stuff like that. Not through any fault of their own. I'm sure there's amazing psychiatrists and everything out there, but by and large, I feel like the mainstream medical model is get you in diagnose you, give you a pill to manage your life, send you on your way without actually doing that deeper work and, and really helping people heal at a deep level. It's more of like a, from what I can see, it's a management of a condition rather than just going to the root cause and healing that.
0: And maybe in terms of our spiritual evolution, this is the way that Mother Earth is, is making its way into that setting to start to transform it. You know, That's let's go. Right.
1: That's my biggest feeling on it. I think it's going to be a good thing. I just think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be more transformational for the psychiatrists that are taking people through it than the the clients that they're going to. Because yeah. you see some wild shit when people are on medicine. Like, my
0: <laughs> Like you said about mine, you were like, there's like all these like guides coming down and stuff going on and. <laughs>
1: Yeah, see some wild shit.
0: Yeah, my yeah. Only,
1: my biggest concern, I think, that anyone that takes people through any sort of medicine work, they need to have done medicine work themselves. That's my own. That's my only concern with it. Is that are these psychologists, psychiatrists, or medical practitioners have they actually gone through a journey so that they know what it feels like? Yeah. Because if they have not and they just have like the, the book knowledge about what happens, it's very different to
0: the actual experience. There's no, like there's nothing that can really, you can't read anything about. Like I said before, I did mine. Like I read so much. I listened to different podcasts. I tried to inform myself as much as I could and it was, there was no point because the actual experience of it was entirely different from anything that I had had read or seen or heard. You can't explain
1: it. It's like trying to explain the colour blue to a blind person. Like you could yeah. say, oh, yeah, it looks like the ocean or it's you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. the colour of the sky. Great. Like that's not yeah. helpful. No. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be highly transformational. I think that we are speeding up the evolution of human consciousness and spirituality is really starting to take a foothold in mainstream, which is great.
0: Very exciting. I think,
1: I think it's all for the best. Even everything, even through the whole pandemic and all of this sort of stuff, there are so many more people waking up now to the truth of who and what they are, that it's only, it. all roads are leading to that.
0: Yeah, all because that's where to... the beauty is, right? And there's that level of authenticity where you can actually sit with you Yourself, you can sit with love, you can sit with pain, you can sit with everything that's gone on in your life in a space of I can, I'm allowed to feel authentically, and that's freedom. Mm. And everything else is us trying to keep ourselves out of that space because it's too terrifying but to come back into that space. That's where we can really live in the way that, you know, we want to live. We can live authentically, we can live beautifully. And have yeah. proper deep relationships.
1: Absolutely. The depth that you can go to is so much. When you can really face off with your own shadows and shit, I've always, I've long said, like, all of this love and light stuff is great, but mm. that's not where the work is done.
0: No, it's, the work is deep in it. the dark shadows, people.
1: It's not in the shadows, guys. You can't love and light your way out of this.
0: No, I do like people come to my shadow workshops and afterwards they go, that was phenomenal and that just changed my life. And I'm like, I know, because when you see it, you can work with it. Like working with your tra- working with your shadows is that alchemizes everything. Mm. You gotta see it to work and work with it. And that's the same with plant medicine. You know, the the discussion we've just had about you get to see stuff. You gotta see mm-hmm. it. And all like your anxiety and depression and everything else is fighting all of that, trying to keep it at bay because it's been terrifying at some stage. It's been overwhelming at some stage. And that's another reason why you need to work properly with a guide if you're going to do this sort of stuff who can hold that space for you and help you to be able to see your shadows and see the stuff that's been terrifying while they they keep you safe so you can actually transform it and, and go into that space of, oh, my God, it's okay, I can be with that. I can see the message in it. I can see the story. I can see the love in it. I can see the purpose in all of it. And now I can integrate that into my life with the support of, um you know their guide as well so please if you're if you are thinking of going on this path please do it really safely and loving lovingly that is like out of respect for yourself
1: yeah absolutely and yeah there's just it's it's not I don't think mushrooms are particularly dangerous per se but it can it can really break your psyche if you don't know what you're doing with it and my big, like, if you haven't done them before, don't fly solo. No. You know, do that. It's, that is a really silly idea. Um, I do know of other like coaches and stuff that give people like eight grams a month, like a group of 16 people and gives them eight grams each. And then it's, it's with, with only a couple of other practitioners. I just think that's, for, for me, my, uh, my issue is always, I put safety first all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be safe. You've got to feel safe with your practitioner. You've got to feel safe with like whoever your guide is. Your body needs to feel as, as safe as possible. You're still going to have fear and nerves and all of that stuff come up. That's normal. Every time that there's going to be massive change for the, for the fear mind or for the ego, it's always going to throw you into a spin. Mm. But the safety is a huge, huge issue.
0: Well, that brings us back to the basics of trauma therapy. You cannot alchemise trauma unless you feel safe.
1: 100%.
0: 100%. So you just Like it just doesn't work. So there's no point in going and taking a massive dose of anything, feeling unsafe and thinking you're going to like do deep in work because you're not. You're just going to make everything possibly worse and add some new stuff to it, to your collection. Yeah right of like trauma you've already got i'll just add that one too <laughs> yeah.
1: do not want to re-traumatize yourself with medicine no. it's not not a fun time so, so holly i think
0: we need to do a part b after you've been to the maps conference i'd love to hear more about where it's going
1: I, and how it's going
0: to be implemented yeah.
1: Um, come back with a whole host of new information and hopefully some amazing contacts and people that we can collaborate with and all of that stuff.
0: Yeah. And once again, I'll just reiterate it it's gotta be legal, it's gotta be in the right place, it's gotta be with the right person. And I'm gonna put Holly's details in the show notes so that you have someone, you have a reference point that you can reach out for if you wanted to know more information about any of this. Beautiful thanks so much holly my pleasure